Welcome to The Socialist Program. This is the audio of our monthly seminar. Subscribe and support this programming at patreon.com slash the socialist program to join live once a month and ask Brian Becker your questions and listen to them as soon as they come out. Thanks so much for your help in keeping this independent show going. We can make this program with you, but not without you. Contrasting what the U.S. government is doing with spending in the wake of COVID and Ukraine. And it's quite important. It's revealing the money for COVID testing sites for the uninsured, that's over. The funding has now been completely depleted. It was a grand total of $130 million program, quite meager. At the same time, the U.S. is increasing the military budget by 4%, bringing it close to $800 billion. The 4% increase is another $13 billion. And remember, the COVID testing sites were 120 or 130 million. I mean, it's so you know, revealing about the capitalist system that, and US capitalism in particular, that it could be shutting down COVID testing sites because there's no money, apparently, And yet they're increasing the defense budget in these staggering numbers because of Ukraine. And of course, the U.S. hasn't, I mean, outside of inflaming the situation in Ukraine and making a Russian invasion almost inevitable, there's nothing about the U.S. military budget that has been a factor in the Ukraine conflict. And yet it's this very convenient, wonderful pretext to keep shoveling money into the coffers of the war contractors. We have to keep finding ways to talk to the American people, the people in the United States, about the war. They're obviously being spoon-fed a very emotional, one-sided propaganda sort of diet, and that's skewing public opinion in a profound way. And we have to find ways to talk about Ukraine to larger parts of the population, not simply to ourselves. So, you know, we're distributing those of us in PSL or Answer Coalition, we're distributing 50,000 brochures, why people should oppose the no-fly zone. We're trying to find ways of engaging with people it's, and having the conversation with them to win them over away from the war propaganda. And certainly the spending issue is so clear-cut that the U.S. government obviously doesn't care about people. It's cutting off the uninsured from getting COVID tests while there's a new spread of a new variant. And meanwhile, using the tragedy and awfulness in Ukraine as a pretext for really a huge gargantuan increases in the military budget. So we want to be able to talk about that. Our basic position on the invasion is that the United States deliberately pushed Russia into a corner knowing that Russia had established red lines, that Russia refused to allow Ukraine to be brought into NATO or to be used as a staging ground for advanced weapons targeting Russia. We also know that Russia and the Putin government was under extreme pressure because there was increased shelling from the Azov Battalion and the National Guard in Ukraine. And Azov Battalion is a big part of the National Guard around Maripol and the eastern cities, been heavily shelling the Donbass region. Tens of thousands of civilians were evacuated, mainly to Russia, 
in the weeks prior to the Russian military intervention. And with this intensifying tempo of attacks on the East and the refusal of the U.S. to negotiate with Russia about its red lines, it made it quite obvious to us that the U.S. actually wanted the Russians to do something. They wanted them to intervene some way. Once they did, then they could label Russia as an aggressor, as a violator of Ukraine's national sovereignty, a violator of the UN Charter. And then the US would have the pretext to unite the European NATO allies, who for the last few years have been moving in the direction of the East, in the direction of Russia and China. 17 European countries have integrated into the Belt and Road Initiative, China's Eurasian economic program, that the US would sort of bring all of those allies back into block discipline in the middle of a war where everybody has to take sides. The U.S. wanted that to happen. And then the U.S. was planning, and obviously they've been planning it for some time, to evict, literally evict Russia from the world economy. And the imposition of sanctions are so vast, and everything Russia being sanctioned And even Russia's national bank can't access its own currency reserves. Russia's national bank, its central bank, cannot access $640 billion in currency reserves. That's the control that the United States and its allies exercise over the world economy. And that's been our position. Some people on the left say, you know, Russia is, you know, showing strength. It's proclaiming that there's going to be a multipolar world, that America's unipolar domination is ending, that Russia is standing up to imperialism and showing that if might makes right, that they also have might too, and that they're prepared to exercise it, unlike the period since 1991, when Russia in the main, outside of some more recent events, was trying to get along with the West, appease the West, was integrated as a junior partner into the G7, it became the G8. Russia was now basically surrounded economically. And some people on the left say, well, okay, they're surrounded, but they've shown strength. I think there's a lot of sentiment in the third world that you know, kind of feels that way. I was on a panel discussion or listen to a panel discussion with speakers from Africa and other parts of the third world, so-called third world. And that was a prevailing sentiment. People were like, yes, this is Russia standing up. Then there's others on the left, and they're more numerous, are completely condemning Russia as a second imperialism, that Russia is a marauding, lawless regime, And that, like America, it doesn't care about anything except its own sort of sphere of influence. And they've condemned Russia. And we don't take that position either. We weren't in support of the Russian invasion, but we don't see it that way. We have said over and over again that U.S. imperialism using NATO and other instruments basically deliberately put Russia into a corner with the hope that they would militarily act so that the U.S. could then evict them from the world economy. So there's an important article by Joe Loria in the Consortium News, March 27th. 
And Joe, who is a friend and who we've interviewed over the years many times and, you know, worked with him on the Julian Assange case, he lays out in a very excellent article, and I would recommend it to everyone on this call, because it's, in fact, what we have been saying about the war. He lays out a sort of a chronology of events, and the article contends, and this has been our position, that the U.S. is happy about the war because the U.S. provoked the war. It did so deliberately. In other words, it set a trap for Russia. And having no options or feeling like there were no options and undoubtedly facing some sort of internal political crisis for not acting, the Putin government decided to act and to act like this. And I think their premise, presumably, was that the Ukrainian government would collapse quickly. But the Ukrainian military is, I think, the sixth biggest military in Europe. It's got 240,000 people under arms. It's got heavy weapons. It's trained in nuclear weapons, by the way. Ukraine was a big center of the nuclear weapons regime inside the Soviet Union. So a lot of people know how to use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. And the U.S. has been pouring lots of weapons into Ukraine, and Ukraine felt the strength of the West. So the idea that Zelensky would run away and that the Ukrainian army would crumble, obviously, if that's what Russia did think, they were badly mistaken because the opposite happened. And in many ways, if they said their goal was to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine, if anything, the Ukrainian Nazi forces like the Azov Battalion, their slogans are not kill the Jews. They're not the same slogans as Hitler's. Their slogans are, we are the Ukrainian nationalists, the pure Ukrainian nationalists, and we're standing up against Russia. So the invasion, if anything, I would say probably has strengthened or renazified parts of Ukraine because the Azov Battalion now looks like they're defending the motherland from the Russian invasion. So we have felt from the beginning that this would be a tactical blunder on the part of the Putin government. And we believe that, like Joe Loria lays out very well, and again, I recommend his article to people, that this has been basically a long-standing plan to ensnare Russia on the issue of Ukraine. And I, I can talk more about that. I want to talk more about that in the course of tonight's discussion. That's all for this preview. If you'd like access to the rest of this seminar and our entire archive of exclusive seminars with Brian Becker, become a patron at patreon.com slash the socialist program. We are an independent show and we cannot make this programming without you. Thanks so much for your support.